If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Bobby Del Rio. Let me tell you a little bit about Bobby. I connected with him on Clubhouse. He has a 20 plus year career in the film and TV industry. He became one of the top social audio influencers in the world during the pandemic. He became national news in Canada by breaking into Hollywood from the social audio app Clubhouse. So Bobby is currently hosting and writing a new television series about crypto and Web3 called The Daily Drop. And right now, is that on the news? Is that part uh, of like Canadian news? Yeah, so it's, I guess I'm on two networks. So oh, okay. I'm on a Canadian national news network called the News Forum. Um, but I essentially run the flagship show for a new American television network called Blockchain TV. Um, but we haven't we haven't officially launched yet. So I'm trying to figure out when when we're actually going to launch. Yeah, that's great to be a part of a startup. That's going to be hot. That's exciting. And so, so, okay. So two months into airing the daily drop, Bobby has the number two most views of any episode ever on the news forums, YouTube channel. So it's covered by Yahoo finance and uh, Bobby books the top crypto web three experts in the world for his show welcome bobby thanks for having me yeah pleasure to get to know you so just tell me where are you calling from today Uh, i'm in toronto canada right now okay got it got it and do you feel just a general question do you feel like anyone could break into the television and film industry uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think anybody can break in. I think it does take a while to get to the highest levels of the business, uh, even to get an agent uh, to get legitimate. Rep- gener- generally takes years um, and training and networking and this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the thing that's great about the film and television industry, being an actor specifically, is is really anybody can do it. It's just a question of um, work ethic and focus. Mm. That's amazing. And what about connections? Do you think that plays a part as well? Like people get a leg up if they know somebody or related? Uh, Definitely. Nepotism is a big part of it. Now, I will say it can also hurt you if you're the kind of person. like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because they assume that you have a personality like that famous person or something. If you're connected. I think it's more like the way you treat people. Um, There's a lot of people who will go and you know, you can know a lot of people, but if, if you are unkind to them uh, or you lie or whatever, like there's a lot of people who are not so nice, um, that that reputation can hurt you as well. Right. So I think it's just important to, like, be the best version of yourself to treat people as well as possible. Uh, but certainly um, 
you know, they say it all the time. It, it's who you know. So you definitely want to build a, a large network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have any experiences early on where you didn't really pay attention to how you were treating people? And um, did it hurt you like in the future? Um, yeah, I think I would. I think that's a fair statement. I mean, I look, I started as a teenager, right? Oh, so, how old were you? Um, I guess it depends how you define it. You know, I get I, I was I've been an actual member since the 90s. Right. So okay. I was for actors since I was about 19 or 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm 44 now. Right. So it's been m- many, many years. So that's I, amazing. I, amazing career. Yeah, it's been a really long time. Um, and I, I was pretty successful right out of the gate. Like I literally had a television documentary done about me. Oh, wow. Hour. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I was working for HBO and USA Network. I was doing like really big things like immediately. Like, wow. Like, which is very uncommon. Yeah. Did you get discovered? Did someone see you? And No, I wouldn't say I got discovered. I just, I mean, I was just kind of like the star of all my plays my whole life. Oh, yeah. I kind of just worked my way up, but I also did have a bit of luck because my brother um, was a child star and he had done um, a television series for YTV. And then he was at one of the top agencies in the country. And so then I got an interview with his agent, um, which obviously if he wasn't my brother, I wouldn't have gotten it. Now, with that said, it didn't like guarantee me um, entry into the agency. So I had to audition and, you know, sort of like interview to be part of the agent part of the agent's roster. Um, But yeah, if I didn't have, if my brother wasn't a child star, I probably wouldn't have gotten that interview. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And so you, were you always interested in like, did you see your brother and you thought, Oh, I could be the star of the play also. Like when did you start acting? Well, So I, I was acting before him. He's my younger brother. Um, Okay. So I kind of broke him into acting. Oh, cool. Right? <laughs> That's so awesome. He, he ended up getting um, the part, you know, because he's very funny, but he hadn't really done very much. Right. But I saw an ad in the newspaper and I was too old for the part. But I was like, oh, well, you should do it. Oh, he, that's so like, cool. And he's, he's like, I want to do it. I was like, no, you're doing it. <laughs> and then I wrote a monologue for him and I directed the monologue. <laughs> bragged into the thing and then he ended up getting one of six leads at a 300 kids who showed up that day oh my gosh that's so exciting wow so did you guys fight did you have a little rivalry or were you always supportive of him not really i mean you know he's younger than i am like a few years younger than i am and um yeah i don't know we're always pretty supportive of each other we've worked together and we've done a bunch of things together no i I mean i mean Look, he got me, I mean, he got me at the agency, right? Like, so yeah, we've helped each other pretty much our whole lives, right? So. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. No, well, I know you're starting to work in Hollywood and everything. And some of what you said in your bio is that you broke into Hollywood through Clubhouse. So what drew you to Clubhouse, the social audio app? To be honest, I was bored. I just, I, I- <laughs> I was tired of Facebook. Everybody's yelling at each other. One of my friends was like, hey, you should join Clubhouse. I think you'd do well on it. Um, but, you know, I had a pretty good career in Canada before Clubhouse, right? So I had I had built 
the largest multicultural network in the country when I was 25 years old. So there's oh, a lot wow. of people. Yeah. So I've had a lot of experience sort of public speaking and leading, um, doing a lot of things in the film and television industry. So when I discovered Clubhouse was a public speaking platform, essentially, it made sense why I was invited to attend. Yeah. So when did you join? What year do you remember? Yeah, I joined. I actually I remember the exact date. Oh, uh, yay. It was February 2nd, 2021. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I joined in February also, but a little bit later in February 2021, but uh, towards the end of February. Mm -hmm. That was, I mean, that was like when we first joined, it, it was just like there was the most legitimate people on Hollywood. Oh, I know. It was insane. Leaders of business. I mean, it was great. It's it's too bad now because I do think it's become just a bit of a sort of toxic high school environment mm. where, at, where at the beginning when I joined, when we joined, uh, it was just some of the, I don't know, most inspirational people I'd ever met in my entire life. I agree. And, and at that point, I can't remember if you had to be invited. I think you still had to be invited. And mm -hmm. I really liked that business model because it really kept it streamlined and connected. And, and it felt like there was higher caliber people. And maybe they were just more available at that time because of the oh. pandemic. I mean, what do you think? I think you're, you're bang on because I think when they... When they let everybody in, that's when the app started to deteriorate. Yeah. And I don't, you know, snobby about that. But I do think that the people who, because you only got two invites at the time. And that's so pe people were kind of like looking for their most successful, most connected, most sort of business oriented um, people in their network to give the invites to. Right. So it became this sort of like entire clubhouse of movers and shakers, right? And I think that if you don't have as much experience achieving, accomplishing things, you don't necessarily have the same mentality to get along with people who, who really are, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you ever monetize Clubhouse? Did, did you ever get paid to moderate or anything? Or I know maybe that wasn't your goal, but I was just oh. curious. Was offered. Look, I've been offered many opportunities to monetize. In a way, I have monetized because I'm the star of a television series now. So I'm. Oh, that's amazing. Um, but it wasn't like a direct like, I will pay you to. I I definitely was offered many times to like, I will pay you to moderate this room, to host this room, or whatever. And yeah. I turned it because for me, first of all, I didn't need the money, and second of all, I was like, well, I don't want to be affiliated with people or things or rooms that are, are not who I am. And mm. I'm not, right? I just never have been. And I never will be now, you know, like if somebody wanted to sort of pay me to do what I was already doing, cool, but I was <laughs> to change my trajectory for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing that you have that heart and that those ethics. I mean, you know, a lot of people would jump at the opportunity. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, I got it. I, thank you. I appreciate it. But I just, if, you know, if I don't really know what you're doing, like, why would I put my face as attached to your, you know, because I don't know, you don't know who you're signing up to work with, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. Good point. Well, tell me the story about how you met someone and it led to you being a part or, um, running your own show. Uh, my TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Like how you broke into Hollywood through clubhouse. Like, well, do you have a story there? Yeah, <laughs> definitely have a story. I mean, it's very, it's very indirect, but yeah. Uh, okay. So there are two separate stories. So Hollywood is very direct because I literally met my agent on the app. Right. Oh my gosh. Uh, congrats. Yeah. And that was, it was really funny because I, so I, you know, once I started to realize that I could access legitimate Hollywood players from clubhouse i was like oh my god like what the hell right so i started networking aggressively in the hollywood spaces and I'm, i've been in canada my whole career and while i have worked on american projects i've never even been to los angeles oh right? wow like like because like, in toronto toronto's you know like the new york of canada right so yeah there's, there's enough whole- opportunities there right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so there's a bunch of american production shooting in canada but you know, generally what happens is you, when you do get cast, you cast in a small role. Whereas like the leads are cast in Los Angeles, right? So you you want to get repped in LA because now you can be considered for the star, star, the starring roles, the lead roles, the more significant roles, where, where Canada's more of a service industry for the US, right? So we're going to do all the small parts. Um, but I'd never been to LA. And so I never really had a way to get repped in LA, especially um, when you're not from a place, what are you going to do? You're going to like go to their websites. But if you go to any credible website, they're like, oh, like we don't accept unsolicited <laughs> submissions. And like it's it, Hollywood, especially now that I'm there, like it really is a bit of um, a clubhouse, if you will. Mm. Right. Is that you really have to know somebody. And when I ha- now I have been to LA a couple of times. The first time I went was for five weeks to meet my agent in person, who I got from Clubhouse, as well as other people. And, you know, you c- I couldn't even get invited to good restaurants unless I knew somebody. It's like, oh, my friend's a producer and his friend used to run this show and he knows the cook. And then that now I'm in an amazing place in Beverly Hills. Right. Like it's <laughs> is that kind of place. So what was cool about Clubhouse is that all of a sudden I'm making all these friends in L.A. and I actually got my agent by running a fun room. Like I literally ran a room that a, a friend I'd met on clubhouse was like, Oh, let's just do a room and call it funny stories. And she knew that I was pretty funny. So she's like, you just host the room. I was uh-huh. like, what about what? And she's like, just, I don't know. Funny stories, wherever go. And we just did this room. And then I was just really funny. And then I just, all these Hollywood people came in and I made them laugh. And one mm-hmm. of them was my agent. And um, and after that, we we spent two hours laughing together and then we messaged each other and it's like, hey, yeah, we should work together. Like if that's what happened. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And was that room specifically for Hollywood or is just for anybody? Yeah, no, but but I had they been running well, yeah. international film financing and I was starting to build momentum in the Hollywood space just because I'm very experienced in film and I was running all these film rooms. So people started to know who I was. And then they were, I intrigued them or something. So I would open up rooms and they would just kind of follow me in. And then I just started making friends and making them laugh. And then all of these business opportunities emerged. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you do other things as well? So you write plays, direct? So, and I mean, pretty much anything creative you can do in the film industry, I've really done. So obviously I've acted in many, many projects. And um, I'm a pretty recognized playwright in Canada. 
Um, I've also written many screenplays. Um, I got a distribution deal for a feature film that I wrote and directed last year called The Market, but Wall Street. I've produced oh, a lot. Wow. So, you know, over 20 plus years, I, I really have built a pretty um, long resume. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and is there a show coming up called IRL? So IRL uh, is already produced. So I was the creator and showrunner. Oh, cool. So, and I directed every episode. So we did 12 episodes. We actually sold it to Bell Media, which is um, the biggest television broadcaster in the country. Oh, congrats. Yeah, thank you. So I, I ended up, you know, essentially creating uh, a short form um, television series. Um, but we were probably one of the most successful web series um, in the country. Like I was the guest speaker at ACTRA, which is our, our union for actors. And um, we, like we launched during TIFF and I was a guest speaker. I mean, it was a pretty successful show. So, Yeah, that's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. I, I love the title too. This year I started meeting people from Clubhouse in real life. And so it really hit home. I was like, oh, IRL, that's cool. Are you as well? What's that? Are you in L.A.? No, but I lived in LA a long time. So I live in Colorado. So I am in the US. But I lived in LA because I went to college there and, and then just li lived there after. Yeah. Text, right? And I was like, oh, you must be. Oh, yeah. You recognized it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It's an LA number that I just kept. But I, I've been in Colorado for about three years. But I, I met my husband. My husband's in the film business and he's actually outside of LA right now filming something but yeah I met him in LA so uh yeah now you have this crypto and web three show so were you simultaneously uh learning about crypto web three or were you already pretty well versed in that and uh, on clubhouse so or I didn't know anything about crypto I don't know what the hell web three was <laughs> you know but I, so I do have an economics background in terms of education. Oh, okay. Uh, so my first year I did at the University of Toronto, um, which is one of the most prominent schools in the country uh, for economics, right? So I started in that and then I ended up transferring. I went to theater school and all these things, right? But my first year was economics. So I had a natural aptitude for finance, economics, business. Um, and then, you know, like I produced a lot in my career. So I, you know, I know a lot about the film business. And then when I went on to Clubhouse, one of the first rooms that I ran was international film financing, um, where I, I could have spoken confidently about financing, but I felt like, let me, um, let me curate a space where Hollywood financiers and international financiers and producers and execs could teach me and our audience. So essentially, I was hosting a financing show every week. And it became pretty prominent. And then through there is when I started to get more connections to finance generally, because everybody would come in my room because it was the most popular film finance room. And then I started learning about crypto, NFTs. So it really came from Clubhouse, where I was like, a what? A who? Um, and then as I started to learn more, and as I built a network of friends and colleagues in Hollywood, I got invited to uh, do a 45-minute keynote speech at a conference in Utah speaking about Hollywood finance and how crypto and NFTs could disrupt um, traditional finance. And then I ended up um, 
there was like a poster or whatever because I was speaking at the thing, and I like literally just posted my Facebook account how I was speaking about crypto at this Hollywood conference, and then uh, a friend who became my boss essentially, he messaged me on Facebook. I hadn't spoken to year for years. We had we had taken a second city class together many years ago, and now he's a producer, which I didn't know, and they were hiring television hosts because they were building out blockchain TV, which is like a like almost like a Bloomberg for crypto, right? Like an entire based on crypto and Web3 and all these things. So they needed hosts. And then he saw that I was speaking at this conference and he's like, oh, well then you should interview for one of the hosts. And then I, I got the job. Oh yeah, that's exciting. Congrats. Yeah, so kind of a circuitous path. Yeah. Um, definitely in the middle of it but that's but but I can see the connection now you know I I started investing in crypto before clubhouse but I got more interested in nfts and the movie financing as well and I own a camel a couple few camels actually for the arabian camels that was one movie and and I know there were some movies or tv shows that got funded through crypto do you know some that were successfully funded or so were they hybrids i i guess i'm a bit contentious right when it comes to um the film space specifically because now i know quite a bit about crypto um and nfts and all these things i was yeah, I have a television show about it um and i find that there's not too many examples of people who've successfully utilized blockchain technology and crypto and nfts i think there's people who've raised money but those films aren't haven't really been made or distributed yet so yeah I think it's evolving it is new okay but i that unfortunately you find there are many people who are not very experienced in film who are trying to brand themselves as film experts in web3 who see. have legitimate film and television experience so i think that there's a lane for established people who want to sort of learn the sort of new technology, the new finance. But right now I see camps. I pretty much see people with no film experience who are looking to make films in Web3. And then I see people who are legitimate uh, filmmakers and producers in Hollywood who don't know anything about Web3, right? So I think right now we're still trying to figure out, well, how can we bridge these two camps? Yeah, and maybe, and maybe that can be you. I, I mean providing that education on both sides. So tell me about the daily drop. How did you come up with that idea? Were you just like really excited about crypto? Or did somebody bring you the opportunity? I can answer this very simply. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> um, basically, I was, I was just offered the job, right? Like I, they were looking for hosts. They were impressed by me. And then they were, I, I just had the right combination of, um, on-camera experience. Um, I got along really well with my team um, and I learned very, very quickly and I was able to explain high-level, um, you know, sort of complex financial issues in very simple terms. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they were really looking for. So somebody who could understand everything but then communicate it in a way that our audience, which is largely um, people who don't know anything about crypto, mm -hmm. how teach them that. So, um, yeah, so they kind of they had they decided on the format. Um, now, it's supposed to be a daily show right now. It's weekly because we're still building out the U.S. launch. 
Um, but essentially, um, I was just hired to do that job. Now, I do write the show. Um, in term- so I decide every topic, like, let's do this, let's do that. Because I know the space so well now that I can find really strong narratives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, I was, just, I was just hired to do a job for a format that they, they had created. Oh, got it. Okay. That's, that's great. Who do you interview people on your show? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have access to, you know, some of the top CEOs in crypto in the whole world. Right. And, um, you know, and celebrities and just experts. And as the show has gotten more momentum, um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much in the inner circle now for web three, so I can pretty much get anybody and, I can't announce who we have yet, but we we've already confirmed, you know, some of the top people in the world and some of them have already been on the show, but there's more coming. Like it's pretty impressive who we're getting. Yeah, that's exciting. And do you see any uh, like what do you see as the future of Web3? What do you think about integrating products into uh, crypto and, and product? back tokens, PBTs? Yeah. So, I mean, look, today's maybe a bad day to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Why is that? Why is that? There's something going on. You want to share? We have probably the worst uh, 24 hours in crypto history has happened in the last day. So what happened? So FTX, which is like one of the top exchanges in the world, looks, it looks like um, they're insolvent. And so Binance is attempting to purchase them, although they may abandon the deal because FTX's uh, finances are so bad. So right now, the entire crypto market is crashing. Um, now, I do think that this is um, short term. It's it's really still a fallout from the, the Luna Terra collapse that happened um, in, in the spring summer, where basically as all of these crypto companies and coins and protocols and tokens um, took out loans, um, used debt to make speculative um, investments, and those investments started to fail. We're having a bit of um, our Lehman Brothers moment. We're having a bit of um, a subprime mortgage crisis where, um, like, essentially, anybody who wasn't doing things properly from a financial perspective is dying and they're taking people with them. So there's a lot of people right now who took out loans, didn't have the money, the assets are crashing and now they're going bankrupt. So there's a lot of people who are losing a lot of money right now. Now I do think this is short term in the end, yeah. what will happen, we'll have a more efficient um, crypto system. Mm-hmm. We're going to have more regulation long term. Everything's going to be fine. It's a slightly terrifying right now, though. I do think, though, the future is going to be um, utilizing the blockchain for every single vertical. So there will be no business untouched by the blockchain. There's too much money in it. The technology is too uh, brilliant, it's too pervasive, and it's, it's too um, disruptive. Mm. And look at the sort of... Um, technological innovations that are coming to facilitate scaling specifically. Um, You're talking about a speed and volume of business that has never existed before. And that 
if you can completely change the way business works all around the world and have essentially an infinite amount of money at you know the fastest speed imaginable you can change every aspect of the economy wow that's pretty powerful mm-hmm. so so it looks like this deal may not go through because there was maybe some unethical financial practices yeah you got it so it's <laughs> Yeah, right. So it just depends. We don't quite know yet, but for example, like five minutes before I came on for the <laughs> podcast, there was a tweet where the entire legal team from FTX has resigned. Oh, <laughs> like, like, okay. If that isn't a red flag, I don't know what is. It's not. It's probably not a good sign. <laughs> and and they shut they shut the website down. So like Coin Telegraph <gasps> tweeted out. Yeah, so like FTX took the website down. <laughs> You're like, oops. Uh, did- oh my god. Like due diligence to me, you know, like. Yeah, interesting. You know, I I, I haven't invested across the board in crypto. One of the investments uh, went bankrupt. Voyager. Oh yeah, I'm Voyager. sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I, I was just experimenting. I, don't worry, I'm fine. But thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for the sympathy, but it wasn't, I didn't do a lot because it was new. And so I was just like, I just onboarded because they were giving, I think they were giving like $200 or something. This is what they were doing, right? So like FX was supposed to be a savior for Voyager and three hours. Yes. And so this is why it's even more alarming, right? Because they were supposed to be bailing out these companies. Oh. And their their whole premise was so that people like you who lost money could get your money back. That's what they said. And then they just went under essentially. So you're you're going, well, what the hell is going on? Who actually has money? <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe uh, some of the top like Bitcoin and Ethereum holders. <laughs> They have money, individuals, but but not that maybe not necessarily the exchanges. Yeah, but it's interesting. I I was talking to the founder of this crypto hedge fund, which I thought it was an interesting time because they just started it like a year ago. But what she said that they do is that she they don't make long term investments. So they see a launch of like a coin or something and then they'll invest and they'll get out. And then, you know, before the crypto winter, they'll like convert everything to cash and then and then invest back in. So anyway, it's it's kind of crazy right now. But it's terrifying. I mean, yeah, apparently Sam Bankman Freed, right, who who I guess runs FTX, although does it even exist anymore? They don't have a website. <laughs> um, but he he lost the most amount of money in a 24-hour period of any billionaire ever. So apparently he was worth something like $14.6 billion 24 hours ago, and now he is no longer a billionaire. Sorry, I'm Sam Bankman-Fried, and I, it was just getting too intense, so I, I tried to get out. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, I'm actually Sam Bankman-Fried. And I'm interviewing him after he lost the most yeah. ever of any. I don't know what I was thinking. I just. No, uh, that's what we'll do. We'll, um, I'll pretend I was interviewing you and then you brought him on as yes. part of my interview. Right. <laughs> okay. We'll get more 
followers. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. I don't remember. <laughs> no idea. Okay. Oh, we were taught. You said you know that was the most money that a billionaire has. Oh ever yeah. Won. So so yeah. this is what's terrifying too, right? Is so this dude was worth apparently that their valuation was like something like forty billion dollars. The company's worth. So he had a personal net worth on paper, I guess, of fourteen point six billion dollars a day ago. And now, I mean, I think he sold worth like $991 million, just a lot. But he lost 94% of his net worth in 24 hours. So this is this is what's so unsettling, right? Is that, can you imagine losing 94% of your net worth in a day? In one day, right? That's like losing your house plus your retirement savings plus your car but you get to keep your really nice couch all in a day. This is what's scary, right? This is why I get it. This is why people don't feel so safe in the crypto world and who mm -hmm. can blame them. Now, mm -hmm. this is a bit extreme. This right. is probably the worst day in crypto history, but how is that possible? Mm -hmm. Right? So I think what it's going to mean is there's going to be regulations. There's going to be rules to protect the consumer but I don't know. I mean, maybe it gets more intense and maybe they, they make it illegal. Like you really don't know what they're going to do. It's pretty scary. That's interesting. But do you, so do you think that 14 billion was all in crypto? I mean, wouldn't someone diversify into like hard assets like real estate or other investments or cash, you know? So you I think mean, so. yeah, but you know, but you know, what's interesting about, um, Web3. And again, like I, I'm sort of newer to the space, right? Uh -huh. um, so I look at it more objectively, I think, which actually I think is good for the show, right? Yes. Right? Yeah. I, I'm Absolutely. not like that culture. I can be objective about the culture, mm -hmm. but you see a lot of the, the key figures uh, in the blockchain, they're, they're sort of anti-fiat, right? So mm. they reject. They try to get out of cash as much as possible. That's right. And they're actually maligned by other zealots um, of the space if they hold too much fiat. Right? Ah, because they, because they, shame like, oh. they shame them. They shame them. Yeah, because they're like, oh, like, I guess you're just like everybody else. So it's like oh, you almost have to reject interesting. the traditional financial system. So I think there's a bit of that too, where you can be perceived as a poser, especially because he was basically the face of crypto around the world. That's mm. how high profile he was, right? Mm -hmm. So if all of his assets are like physical real estate, cash, mm -hmm. bonds, stocks, it just sends the wrong message. So he was probably just over overly invested in, in the blockchain. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So let's talk about you. What's next for you? Like, what are you excited about right now? Well, look, I have the show and I'm really excited about the show. Actually, that was my CEO calling me, which is why we got cut off. Um, okay. It, it's it's a really cool opportunity. It's also a lot of work um, just because it's so much research all the time. So, for example, yesterday, all of a sudden, this story comes down. Now, it is not probably the darkest day in crypto history, but it's just like I've been reading and watching videos and on the phone for almost 24 hours, right? Oh, wow. It's like I have to know every little thing as much as possible um, 
So tonight I'm going to be on the national news and I'll be discussing basically what happened with FTX and Binance and what's going on there. So I just, it's just such a labor intensive job from a research standpoint, which I love, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't really have time to think about anything beyond that. Um, I just, I really have to know my stuff. So I'm really just thinking ahead um, week by week, episode by episode. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, um, what are, are, do you have aspirations or do you have a family? Do you, are you in a relationship? Uh, wow. Um, everybody wants to know these things. It's so interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I have, I, I have like children or a wife. I am divorced, uh, but no, I don't have a girlfriend or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, much Zen success to you in your future. So if you were to say, like, what is Zen success to you? I think I think continuing to improve and learn and grow and be the best version of yourself. And I don't know, to impact as many people positively as you can, I think is very important. Yeah, that's amazing. And you still feel called to do that on Clubhouse and and make a difference. Like what kind of, uh, yeah, connections or rooms are you doing now? I mean, I, I'm pretty much off Clubhouse. I do one oh, okay. room um, on Saturdays with, with Emily Lyons, Gina Skelton, Carmelia Ray. We do, we do the biggest social media room on the platform. Yeah, so we do- those are amazing people. Oh, yeah. They're, we've become really good friends. Um, so, you know, look, every time I'm, to be honest, anywhere, not just Clubhouse, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to like support people and be the best version of myself. I will say it is disappointing um, as my social media profile increased, the number of people who try to manipulate me or get something for me or like it's, it's terrifying, right? So I've had to be, I've had to pull back way more. I used to be very, very accessible my entire career. And now I'm, I'm kind of not like, I don't really get back to everybody. And, mm-hmm. but there's just too many people who want to talk to me and I don't quite know what they want from me. So what I found, unfortunately, it's, it's safest for me to just pull back. But in terms of, you know, even like my show, I try to give people the best information. I have a lot of honesty and integrity and I feel like, well, the way that I can help people, even though I'm limiting sort of access to me, is let my content help people, right? Mm-hmm. Let me let me strip away selfishness and greed and give you real information that can help you in your lives as much as possible. So Yeah, that's amazing. And to be honest, I I really didn't expect to hear back from you either to be oh. interviewed for my show. And oh, right. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, oh my gosh. He actually texted me back. You know, like I like to like, like, like it's actually disappointing. Like one of the, it's a bit sad because I always got back to everybody like my entire life. Oh, but I then, see. But then like, like at the height of Clubhouse, I was getting hundreds of messages a week from strangers. right hundreds a week right and then and you'd be amazed like it's not like if some people be like hey i really like your rooms like oh thank you like i'll get back to you if i can but some people are like i need a million dollars give it to me (laughs) no i'm telling you oh (laughs) really oh yeah oh yeah some people would be like i live 
in India make me go to Hollywood? <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, how can I can't? <laughs> and some people are not even like asking. It was like demanding, uh, excuse me, I'm not in Hollywood. <laughs> Did you not get my message? <laughs> I'm like, what do you want? Like, oh my God. That could, that could make a really funny skit though. Like those yes. messages that you got. Here, it- there's so many, there's so, <laughs> but so many. And there, and some of them are, now I've made, I made some good friends too, but, but then it's weird. And then after a while, you don't know, like, is this person being friendly? Is this person trying to use me? Is this person trying to get money? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many people that have a game. Um, it, yeah. So I've had to like close my circle quite a bit, which is not normally how I operate, but I've mm-hmm. had to out of self-preservation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's interesting. As soon as they opened up the app to um, random people on clubhouse and, and, and I did find it on Instagram too, I would just get, messages not like demanding anything but just well crypto i would get a lot of hit i would get hit up on for investing in crypto and i almost got scammed but anyway that's a whole nother story but is that all the time yeah and the more get it's just more of that right yeah yeah or i just get like weird things like hi or I like your smile, like hitting on me. And I'm just like, who are you? But, right. but it's like, but you get that feeling that it's not really a person almost like maybe it's a, right. a bot or they're trying to eventually like get into your system to finally oh. like scam you or something. I don't know. There's, it's just weird. Or um, a friend of mine, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, but apparently he's going to do research because there's actually people in third world countries who they literally are, are taking people hostage and then they're impersonating like Asian women. And then they're trying to become friends with you on Instagram so they can scam oh. you for money. Like this is, this is like a real oh, thing. Oh, it's a whole, Oh, it's a real oh. thing. Oh my gosh. But, but like kidnapping people. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very dark. Wow. I didn't think that they had to do that. I thought they could just steal their identity or replicate their profile. That's insane. Oh. I mean, I think what it is is essentially slave labor, right? So it's not okay. that the girls are real people, right? I think they just take photos from the internet or something, but they need people to, it's like a full-time job for them. They're like- mm, Trying like to get people. That's right. And then these people will build relationships with people through social media and they'll go on for weeks, months, and make it seem like now that's your girlfriend, now it's whatever. And then oh, they'll add yeah. money and then- they you sometimes they convince somebody to write them a check for fifty thousand dollars and you never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know someone that got scammed that All way. Right. Unfortunately. I'm not a man, but a woman thought she was in the like this relationship long distance. Right. But um it's really it's really sad. Uh, but people still fall for it. It's like, come on. <laughs> it's like online, you know. But anyways, it's been such a pleasure connecting with you. I'm sure you have to get back to your CEO who's trying to get a hold of I, you with news. <laughs> and uh, if you me. want. Yeah. <laughs> now. Okay. So I'll put your website for the daily drop in the show notes or whatever you'd like me to put in the show notes. Uh, you know, I'll put your personal cell phone so people can text you all the time. I, I'm just kidding. um maybe my twitter is good at your twitter okay perfect so thank you for being here today on my show bobby take care
really like your energy. Oh, thank you. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Zen Success is also available on the radio in select markets through amfm247.com. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen Success in life.